Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jeremiah Johnson. On the podcast today, I have the privilege of interviewing James Latterin all the way from the UK. James, thanks so much for coming on today. It's an honor to be here. Well, James leads a ministry called Prayer Storm, which I'm going to allow him just to talk a little bit about that. I've been following James for a number of years. He's here this week. Uh, you've taught at the altar school last night, which by the way was incredible. He's going to be speaking at our um, Midnight Oil Conference this weekend. And so, James, can you just share a little bit about uh, what God's doing over? I know I've been asking you a bunch of questions <laughs> about what, what's happening over in Europe and the UK, but talk to us a little bit about your ministry, your store. We'd, we'd yeah. love to hear from you. Yeah, so my parents are missionaries, and uh, I was born in Liberia because my dad was a missionary to Liberia. My mom is from Ghana, and my dad is from Nigeria, and we live in Manchester, and uh, I'm married to Rebecca. She's from Stockport, so we've got three kids. Now, um, we moved to the UK in 2001 uh, because my dad started having these words about a move of God's spirit in the United Kingdom specifically. Hmm. And before then, my dad was pastor in a church. Things were going really good in Nigeria. He was settled. The church was growing. I mean, things were going really good. And then God asked him to leave right in the middle of that growth. Wow. And so it was like really challenging. Lots of people didn't understand. And it was a really stretching time for him. Uh, so when he came to the UK, he was in Manchester. And then the Lord kind of started speaking to him about a move of his spirit that was going to come to the UK. So long story short, we moved in 2001. And uh, when we moved over to the UK, at the time, I didn't necessarily feel like I was going to end up in ministry because my dad had these visions and he thought it was going to end up being something of some, some sort of ministry that he was going to lead or going to be part of. Well, as it turns out, the visions and the things that the Lord has shown my dad ended up being what I end up doing now, which is mm. prayer storm. Yeah. And so, you know, I often like to say, you know, uh, Joel 228, where he says, old men dream dreams, young men see visions. Well, my dad had a dream, I had a vision. Mm. And so this intergenerational thing started. Now, uh, my kind of journey goes way, way, way back. But just to kind of bring you up to speed, 20, 2007 was a significant year for me. Uh, I'd just finished university. I had been following the ramp. I'd been seeing a few of their videos online and I started hearing about Lou Engel and I heard about 40 day fast that Lou was calling in 2007. I heard that through Karen Wheaton. And so I decided uh, I was going to get on with this fast. Uh, so it was my first time doing a fast of that sort. It was a Daniel fast I did, but nonetheless, it was really intense. And because I'd finished university, I took some time out to pray, to seek the Lord um, about what I was going to do next. So I, I booked out like a Christian retreat place for like two weeks or something. And uh, in that time, the Lord is really just stirring in my heart. He, the outpouring of his spirit on all flesh, you know, sons and daughters prophesying. So on the back of that, I visited the Ram for one of their conferences. And while I was at the conference, 
uh, I heard an incredible story that just impacted me so much because I didn't know this, but Karen Wheaton had been to Manchester mm. uh, a few years prior to that. And she was involved in the crusade, you know, with a big evangelist. So she used to travel around with Benny Hinn back well, mm. then. And, you know, she did that for some years. So she did a crusade with him in Manchester. And at the end of the crusade, she was, uh, I think, at her, at her hotel and looked out and saw thousands of people on the streets, you know, going clubbing and partying. And the nightlife in Manchester is crazy, especially mm. around uh, university time season. You know, it's just crazy. So she was really intrigued. She came out, she started talking to them, and they're intrigued because she's American. So they say, you know, uh, what are you doing in Manchester? So she says, I'm a singer. So they say, sing for us. So she starts to sing uh, to these girls. Most of them were drunk, by the way. In fact, the clubs were so packed that, the only way to get people in was to bring drunk people out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so she's just observing this going, this is just crazy. Anyway, so she has to sing to these drunk girls and they instantly sober up, tears in their eyes, asking her for prayer. Wow. So she left Manchester with her heart so stirred, came back to the ramp and told them of her experience in Manchester and they start praying for a move of God in Manchester. So fast forward, 2007. I don't even know that. I just show up. Now, you got to know that the ramp is in the middle of nowhere. If yeah. you've been there, it's in Hamilton. It's like you have to go there on purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I showed up and then I hear this story. Okay. And she shares it in the middle of the conference. And so as she shares this story in the middle of the conference, um, she, in fact, before she shares it, she said, oh, there are a few young people here that came all the way from Manchester. And uh, this was a spontaneous thing. I didn't know she was going to do this. She said, why don't you guys come up on stage? So she would go up on stage. She shares this story. And then to my surprise, she says, well, you know, we got an email, you know, a few weeks ago from this young man, James. And she says a few things about that. And then she says, James, do you want to greet the people? She just gave him the microphone. So... Now, if you're a leader and you lead lots of meetings, you know, it's a dangerous thing to give uh-huh. the microphone to someone you don't know because yeah. <laughs> the meeting could go in any direction. Well, thankfully, this was a good one. It was definitely a Holy Spirit moment because when she gave me the microphone, I just ended up sharing that scripture, Joel 2.28, I'll pour out my spirit in all flesh. Well, the most amazing thing happened. I felt something fall from heaven. I don't even know what to describe it. I, all I knew is I could tell something was coming because I could feel where it was coming from. The moment it landed on me, I just fell on my face and was groaning and crying out to God for a revival in the UK. And it was like the whole meeting just erupted. Yeah. Uh, it was literally like an explosion just went on. And all these young people were just crying out to God. The whole meeting just turned into this prayer, uh, uh, intercession over the United Kingdom, brought out the flag of the England, and there was lots of prophetic declarations. That moment marked me in a really, really significant way. Uh, and that really connected me to uh, Karen Wheaton. And, you know, after that moment, after that conference, I felt the Lord really say to me, that's your spiritual mother. So mm-hmm. I started really getting connected with the ramp. So to call the long story short, because I'm talking a lot now, I'll let yeah. you ask more questions. We're <laughs> loving it. Yeah. <laughs> to call the long story. Uh, after that, I, I went to the call 7707. And again, that marked me in a significant way. While I was in the stadium, uh, I felt the Lord just say to me, James, you're going to mobilize like this for prayer in the UK. Just to put that in context, I did not have that in my mind at all in terms of prayer as a ministry or mobilizing people to prayer. It wasn't something that I had as an ambition or desire or anything. So it was like a foreign idea to my thought that you mobilize like this for prayer in the UK. 
So I left the call, went back to the UK, and the most amazing things started to happen. I found myself praying in ways I'd never prayed before. Even to this day, I don't think I've stepped into some of the depths I was in back then. Because I, I, just to give an example, I don't say this to boast. That's why I said to this day, I don't think I'm, I've, I've stepped into the kind of depth of prayer. I saw myself plunged into by the Holy Spirit when I got back. Literally, I wake up at three in the morning, pray all day to middle of the night. Do that for days on end, 16, 17 hours, 20 hours, 24 hour prayers, no sleep. Just pressing in and praying in the Spirit, crying out to go for revival in the region. And as that's happening, the Lord is stirring in my heart the passion for the youth and the need for prayer army to arise. Now, I didn't know how that was going to happen. I didn't know anyone really in the city that well. I wasn't connected. Uh, uh, but as I'm praying, I just heard a word of knowledge. I just heard someone's name, Deborah Green. Don't know who she is. Don't know what she does. I just heard the name and I felt she was significant. And so I went on YouTube, no, YouTube, I went on Google and I felt to just search Deborah Green, Manchester. And so her office details came up. And I felt to send her the video from the ramp of the young people praying over uh, England, over the UK. So, in fact, I think I sent it to her PA and I didn't really hear anything back for a while. So I just didn't really think much of it. I just did that out of uh, an obedience. Uh, but what happened afterwards really surprised me because she then sent it to, without me knowing, to several leaders in the city of Manchester. And it ended up with a particular organization uh, called the Message Trust, and they're like a YWAM type ministry with you know focus on missions and evangelism, particularly uh, schools. Now they had a prayer day with their staff, probably a hundred staff, and they played that video. The same thing that happened in the room wow. in Hamilton happened in the room in Manchester. People are just weeping and crying out to God, and they're like, "Who is this guy? He's from Manchester in, the U in, the, in, in America, but we've never heard of him. We don't know who he is. Well, as it turns out, someone in the meeting that I'd not spoken to for many years knew who I was. Wow. So they sent me an email to say, hey, James, I just saw this video of you praying at some meeting in America. Yeah. I think you should come around and see what we do here at The Message. I showed up at The Message Trust. The guy who leads the ministry there, Andy Hawthorne, said to me, hey, James, we'd like, you to, we'd like to employ you to be a prayer coordinator. <laughs> so basically, on the back of that video, <laughs> I got employed to coordinate and lead prayer for this evangelistic organization. So let me call the long story short. Leading prayer for some years, actually, I started leading prayer there. I realized the pattern. A lot of the prayer meetings had mostly women, no men, and no young people. So that really bothered me because Joel 228 said, sons and daughters, you know, they, there's generations in there. So I'm so stirred by this. Uh, I just feel the Lord start nudging me to encourage young people to start prayer meetings. And so we started different prayer meetings across the city, and these were going on for a while. And after some time, I felt the Lord uh, stir me to gather these groups together to have a day of prayer for the city. So I got the leaders together, and I said, this is what I'm feeling to do. All of us to get together to have a day of prayer for the city. And so I was saying, Lord, what do we call these meetings we're about to have? Because it was like probably a week away and I didn't even have a name. Or a few weeks away, I didn't have a name for the gathering. And I was in my room just pacing back and forth and I just heard prayer storm. Now, the prophetic thing about the name prayer storm is later on, I got connected with Lou Engle, uh, in relationally. And I found out that the call started in, obviously I knew the call started in 2000. But prior to the call starting in 2000, Lou traveled across America and had these prayer gatherings. And I think they went on for about three years and they were called prayer storm. Yeah. And so these prayer storms 
paved the way for the call at Washington, D.C., 400,000 people gathered to fast and pray. I have no idea about that. I'm in, uh, I'm at the call 2007 in Nashville, and then the Lord says to me that you mobilize like this for prayer in the U.K. I get back to the U.K., I start these prayer meetings, I ask the Lord, what do we call these prayer meetings? He gave me the same name that the call technically used to have before it became the call. I had no idea about it. So as I'm tracking with these things years later, I realize that what God is really doing is he's mobilizing an army of prayer in preparation for the greatest outpouring of his spirit the world has ever seen. And I feel like the Lord has called me to play a part in mobilizing, mobilizing that army in the UK. So that's what prayer storm is about, mobilizing an army of intercessors, young, old, all ages, different demographics for that purpose of pressing in to the precedent for what the Lord wants to do with that foundation of consecration. That's so critical for us. Consecration, purity, and then contending and intercession. Wow, man, I'm getting stirred up just hearing <laughs> you talk. I'm sure our listeners today, hopefully you guys got that whole, that big picture. You know, James, I was just thinking about, you know, so many in our generation, we, we kind of want to jump from, you know, wherever that we're at onto a national stage. Mm. And I was thinking about the life of David as you were talking, you know, an, a young man, you know, faithful shepherd boy, you know, he slays the lion, mm -hmm. he slays the bear mm -hmm. in private, mm. and it leads him up to his big Goliath moment. Mm. And I remember reading that story one day, and God said to me, if you'll be faithful, to the battles that no one sees, mm. I'll raise you up for battles that everyone sees. Wow! wow and uh, wow. I see like this pattern in your life of faithful consecration, fasting, mm. and then all of a sudden you just get pulled up on a stage, a national stage, mm. and then boom, the mm. power, the fire mm. of God falls, begins to lead you into your destiny. You know, Lou is a personal friend, a father of mine as well. I've spent many, many hours and times with him. One of the things that Lou says that I think has really helped to, I, I believe people are listening today, this is what I feel in my spirit right now, who are trying to navigate the call on their life, mm. the seasons, the timings, trying to be faithful. And Lou used to say to us, pay attention to your tears mm. because they point to your destiny. Yeah. And I think something good to say today to our listeners is pay attention when you're in the secret place to what are you groaning over? Yeah. What are you burdened about? Yeah. What are you weeping over in the secret place? That's an indicator of what God is calling you to. And you're obviously describing this burden yes. to mobilize prayer for young people. I mean, even Karen Wheaton, the Lord sends her over mm -hmm. years in advance. I mean, I even feel the Lord is saying to some people on the air today, I've sent you places, I've sent you to spaces years and maybe even decades in advance. And you've been wondering what was that all about? Mm -hmm. And I hear the Lord saying to people today, I sent you years in advance to plant seeds in the ground, mm -hmm. to plant seeds in the hearts of people. And I'm still sending people behind you to water these seeds and cause them to grow. And mm -hmm. so if there's anyone listening today, that's wondering what that was about, whatever mm -hmm. that was. Uh, James is a is an inheritor of mm -hmm. a storyline. Mm -hmm. You guys know my storyline. I'm an inheritor 
of other storylines. So James, as we kind of, you know, we're going to do several, but as we're winding down this particular uh, episode, Mm -hmm. are there any keys that you've discovered in your life regarding prayer in the secret place that have led you to where you're at now? Is any, anything come, come to your mind about things that you've learned over the years that would be helpful for people maybe trying to discern the will of God or their journey regarding prayer? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I've found uh, with a lot of young people is, you know, they get passionate about the vision, about the mission, uh, to the point that they don't establish good foundations for longevity. Mm. Uh, when, you be, when you become uh, 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 called of God, or when, when, when you start to receive the call of God and it becomes clearer to you and there's a mission at hand, it often can consume you. Uh, and there are good things in that and there could be discouraging things in that too. So I've seen people burn out. I've seen people lose their way. And very often I've found that it's just having the wrong foundations. And for me, the reason why I'm still on fire and still more passionate about revival and breakthrough and God moving and still mobilizing prayer is not to say every single prayer I've prayed, I've seen answered and I've seen everything happen the way I thought it would happen. What has still sustained me is intimacy with God as the foundation of my prayer life. So I am not coming to seek God just for what he can do for me. I'm coming to seek God for who he is, period. Even if he doesn't send me out, even if he doesn't do anything for me anymore, I have made up my mind that, just like Peter, who else can I turn to? Mm -hmm. You're the one that has the words of eternal life. There is no plan B. It is you or nothing. So that foundation of seeking God has meant that my ministry is not my dream. Mm -hmm. So um, God has blessed Prayer Storm. He's done incredible things through uh, the movement, and I'm still believing for even greater things to happen still. But I see Preston as my assignment. My dream is him. Mm-hmm. So my dream is to go deep in God. My dream is to walk as close with God as it's possible to walk with God and still remain on earth. My dream is to go deep in the heart of God and be a friend of God and be one that has that intimate relationship like Moses. You know, that, that's what I dream about. And so that is my dream. Prayer storm is my assignment. What I found is problems creep up when what should be my assignment becomes my dream. Yeah. <laughs> and what should be my dream becomes my assignment. And so the secret place now becomes a place that I visit as opposed to a place I dwell. Because it says he who dwells in the secret, it didn't say who visits the secret place. And so you find that people easily shift, allow this, and the secret place becomes a place to, at which they're going to just to get something from God. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not that God doesn't want to give us breakthroughs or give us answers and all these things. But for me, the thing that sustains me is that heart posture of constantly keeping him as the priority. Now, just to be honest, that's not to say that I've <laughs> been perfect in that journey. There's been times where the ministry has become the dream and, you know, the secret place has become the assignment. And I've allowed the Lord to bring correction because I can tell when my emotions have been drifting in that direction. I'm feeling insecure. I'm I'm competition is coming in and pride i don't think pride has not been so much my issues pretty much been insecurities and some of those things and the moment they're coming in i realize 
I'm shifting my focus. That's why this is getting to me mm-hmm. so much easier. And I've taken time. I'll allow the Lord to make it to me. And thank God for a good wife that's able to tell me the truth as well. So, you know, I find that uh, keeping intimacy as the foundation is so critical. I don't feel you can overemphasize that. It has to be the foundation for everything else. My own calling and ministry and clarity, everything for me has come from that place of intimacy. Everything I'm saying to you about the fasting and all of that has come from a place of intimacy and seeking God. And it would always continue to remain the same. That's the most important thing. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. It's needed in today's culture. Uh, one of the things that was coming to me kind of in an alliteration as you're talking mm. is the, the pursuit of Jesus is the prize of prayer. Mm. And I think sometimes we think the prize of prayer is answers and, yeah. cl- you know, all those things. And we've got to keep him, the, the, the prize of Jesus, Absolutely. his friendship, his presence, intimacy with him as the goal, as the prize. So James, thanks so much for sharing just part of your story as we're closing today. If people want to track with you, you know, even beyond the podcast, mm-hmm. how can they do that? Social media, yeah, website, yes. social media, just search James Aladdin or search press storm. YouTube, website, lots of information online. Awesome. Well, if you're listening today, highly encourage you to follow James. He's been a blessing to us at the Altar School, the Altar Global Conference, and we look forward to hearing from you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our Ultra Global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.